Welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. It is good to have you listening. Um, as always, we are heading into um, a couple episodes on church, how to pick a church, uh, how to settle at a church, talk about how to survive at a church, how to thrive at a church, um, how, when, and if to uh, leave a church. Ooh. Um, that's kind of dark. That's where we're going to get into, try to, uh, talk about a bunch of details. Um, uh, today, uh, we'll talk about what I think will be very enjoyable, enjoyable for Jeff and I to discuss, um, uh, about, about church and, and how do you evaluate a church and how do you visit one and maybe pick one and land at one and what should you be looking for and that sort of thing. Uh, before we get into it though. Jeff and I just had lunch. We've been chit-chatting. Oh, yeah. We should break the ice a little bit. Um, what are we doing, barbecue? What? Oh, wow. We don't have a cookie. No, we don't. But we ate some really good barbecue. Yeah, we did. Um, we just had Guest Barbecue, which is a local, uh, super popular barbecue joint in Waco. It's the barbecue that Jesus made, remember? That's right. Isn't that their, that's like yeah. on one of their trucks or something? Yeah. The, the, the barbecue that Jesus ate. Yeah. What is your favorite barbecue joint to go to in Waco or of all time that you've ever been to? Of all time. Yeah, that's real difficult, but I, you know, I love barbecue. Um, and it's almost like this is, I'm actually uh, more hesitant, maybe anxious, fearful to announce something like that in Waco as opposed to the cookie thing. Like I had no problem yeah, offending yeah, yeah. people yeah. with cookies. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Especially yeah. your Subway cookies. <laughs> yeah. well. But this one, I don't know, man. It's like I'm a little more apprehensive. But I'll say the ones that are in my like primary orbit, like maybe in the sun, you know, more like the sun and then the rest of them kind of orbit around the sun. Uh, definitely, uh, what we're, where we ate today is definitely one of them. And that's guess. Another one is Rudy's and another one's, um, Hellsberg or Hellberg. 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 Um, right now, those three, I think, uh, have the most concentration of, uh, orbital power. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I can't think of any that grip me like those right now that are in Waco. And then there's another tier, I think, of barbecue places. But there's a place we, uh, you know, I've got five kids, so we've had five, well, we're at four, and we're about ready to enter into a, a fifth uh, sports all over the state of Texas. And so uh, we've had a chance to venture in, stop in in different towns. And I wish I could remember some of them because there's been some really good ones. Mm -hmm. There's one that's outside uh, Belton where you actually, they serve it uh, family style and it's all you can eat. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I've gone there several times with different teams, you know, with the kids and the parents and uh, you just sit down and they just keep bringing it uh, from all the fixings to the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the barbecue, the uh, brisket. Phenomenal. And I can't remember what it is, but I know a lot of you right now do know what I'm talking about. And it's seasonal. So it, it opens, I think it shuts down at the end of October. It's not open now and it should probably open again in the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, it has more of an outdoorish kind of feel. And then there's one in uh, Temple 
or Belton Temple off 35. This one's out in the sticks. The one I just talked mm-hmm. about. I don't know what it is, that family style. There's one, I can't remember it, but we stopped in after a soccer game because someone told us when we were down in that area for a tournament, you need to go there. And it was phenomenal. In Temple? Yeah. There's like this one, like Climescas or something. I feel like Yeah, I've seen that those, sign, but, but it's not that one. Have you ever been to Johnny's in Salado? No. Johnny's is, um, all I've ever had there is their, um, their chop brisket sandwich. Oh. It's unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. Johnny's barbecue. They've got a big billboard up that's been up forever um, in Salado. The meat's like unbelievable, or are you talking about like the bread, the sauce, all of Just it? All of it. Okay. It, the, oh, yeah. It's so good. Huh. Um yeah, I'm. You know what I just realized today was guess, um, and and we should probably stop talking about this at this point. But uh, usually their brisket is like uber thick. Yeah. Like I, I think some barbecue guy was like, yeah, they they cook it a super long time, so then they have to cut it thicker. But today it wasn't. Today. Yeah. Um. In, anyway, my my go to is Rudy's, and uh, I think they have the best sauce. Yeah. Um. I don't know. People trash my 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 palate, my uh, my my palate. But only the Subway cookies, dude. But uh, it's all the hate you've gotten from me. So, but Rudy's is my go-to. They just have you can go get as much pickles as you want. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like um, well, the, now they're in those little plastic bags. You get maybe four yeah, pickles. Yeah, plastics keeping out the COVID. Uh, um, so, but no, guess was really good today. Their sauce was really good. Their barbecue yeah. sauce was really good. It's kind of sweet. I felt. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I like the more the Rudy. Yeah, the sauce Rudy sauce there. to me is unbeatable. Um, but the brisket today was super good, and, mm-hmm. and those jalapenos were spicy. And, anyways, sorry. We'll just apologize to everyone. Well, we listening. do have a meat hangover, man. Um, I'm like, I could take a nap right now. Pass. Out. I was gonna say there's few better things than like just. Give me a pound of oh. brisket. I just want like uh, I want more barbecue. I want more Rudy's or guests in front of me than I know I can eat. Yeah, without a doubt. And and just like enjoy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. life for a second. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk church. Yeah. So we're just like a little um back story. Obviously, we both work here at Redeemer and serve here as pastors at Redeemer. So this is obviously a topic church and what is the church about mm-hmm. is, is obviously something that's just, that's just kind of our life um, and wanting redeemer to be about the right things, right? Churches do a lot of different things. Um, but right now what, what we're going to talk about is what is a church about? What should it be about? What should, if you were to visit chur- a church, you know, for, for six weeks in a row, you've never been to this church, but you know, in today's day and age, you go to their website, you read over their website a little bit, and you're trying to pick up a first impression, and then you visit it for six weeks, and then you maybe meet with the pastor and pick his brain, or one of the pastors. Mm. At the end of six weeks, um, biblically speaking, what should you say, be able to say about that church? They are about this. This seems to drive, shape everything that they're doing and everything that they're about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So, uh, open-ended question, you know, mm-hmm. just to get us started. What, what's your hope for Redeemer? What, what would you start to tell someone else that, hey, if you're visiting this church and you're checking it out, you know, they, sh- you need to be seeing. Are they about blank? The answer, the, the first answer, is very, very important. It's 
a church needs to be ultimately about one thing. Uh, so whatever it is, it's even though you might have like all these values and you might have all these uh, purpose statements and you might have all these implications, ultimately the church is about one thing. So that's that's interesting. Just even even if we don't even say what it is, mm-hmm. to know that a church is about one thing. Like what's real Christianity? Uh, real Christianity is what? Mm-hmm. Uh, that narrows things. And then that when we say the one thing, if that just doesn't grip you, if that's just like, oh, of course, um, it also can show how little we actually understand the one thing. In other words, um, if the one thing is not relevant to us, or the one thing is a throw off, of course, let's get on to the other things that are much more important. Uh, if the one thing isn't relevant, if the one thing isn't gripping, if the one thing isn't thick, like, oh, uh, we don't understand the one thing. And it actually shows uh, to us, to uh, maybe our understanding of the church, what the church is all about, what its mission is all about, and even the culture that we're growing up in or doing church in, that it's lacking desperately about the one thing. It might say the one thing, but then it moves on to other things, or it might have a, a five things, and the one thing is tapped into those five things, and then it's really not about the one thing because it's about those five things. So just knowing that church is about one thing is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. What would that one thing be? I mean, even now, if you're a listener, I mean, what would you say the church is about? And it would be thick, and it would be like... Uh, loaded with divine energy and divine life. And it would be like releasing power into the world and into communities and into relationships and into your personal life and the home and church leadership and everything that a church is about. What is that one thing? Mm -hmm. Well, thank the Lord that we're not left in the Bible to actually figure it out, Mm -hmm. that Paul actually tells us. He tells us it's about one thing. He says, I resolve to know nothing, in other words, one thing, but Jesus and him crucified. Mm-hmm. So that's breathtaking. That statement in and of itself is incredibly shocking, and yet that's what real Christianity is, and that's what the church is about. Um, Can I interject Yeah, before you go down that road? So I think even saying the church should be about one thing, uh, the reality is most people know if they've been in a church 20 years, uh, one year, that the church really, any church is about something, you know, like even if they say like our whole drive is to be about and have at the center of who we are seven things, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that at the end of the day, like I can summarize my church by saying, yeah, they're pretty much about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like um, everyone knows this experientially is what I'm saying. Like if you have been at your church for 50 years or 12 months you probably know right now, just at a gut level, at an experiential level, this is what captivates the minds and hearts of my church leadership. Specifically, it really c- comes through the weekly preaching. Um, yeah. I-, I used to hear pastors say the pulpit drives the church. Mm-hmm. So even if you're trying to identify your own church, or again, you're visiting a church, that's that's kind of what I care more, a little bit more. You're, you're visiting a church, and you're, how do I best evaluate what they're about? Listen to the sermons. Yeah. Because it does not matter what the mission statement painted on the lobby wall says. Yeah. 
what matters is what is being preached and taught uh, week in and week out. That mm-hmm. will tell you what the church thinks the Bible is about, assuming they're preaching the Bible, right? right? Of course. That's what they pretty much think the Bible's about, and that's what is, whether they like it or not, that is what is going to shape and drive the rest of the church, is their weekly preaching. So if Paul says that the church is about, and he resolved to know nothing about um, Christianity, if real Christianity is about Jesus and his work, Jesus and him crucified, Jesus and his salvation, uh, that must be phenomenally relevant, Yeah, like in and of itself. Um, that it's uh, for us to hunt for the relevancy of it, for us to hunt for like, okay, okay, but, but, and, right, plus. <laughs> as soon as we start entering into those kind of conversations, Jesus and, uh, Jesus plus, or Jesus, I know, I know, but uh, we've, we've moved into the realm that the Bible knows nothing about. Mm -hmm. In other words, Paul is basically saying that Jesus and him crucified, Jesus as Savior, Jesus and his salvation is so infinitely thick, it is everything. Mm -hmm. It's so thick and so full that it's like it fills up everything. In Mm -hmm. fact, the Scripture even says Jesus does. So if it's not to us when we're talking about church, and if it's not to us clear that the church is about Jesus and his salvation in a way that's absolutely... Uh, thick and compelling and relevant and rich and transforming, uh, not just informative, but transformative. Um, it's not just like connections are easily made. Uh, that church is not really about Jesus mm-hmm. and his salvation. And so then in my, my mind kind of goes, especially today, it's like, uh, it seems like the church is about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. Jesus and his salvation. Yeah. Uh, and they could be like really good things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A church can be about uh, a quiet time. A church can mm-hmm. be about social justice. A church mm-hmm. can be about, you know, um, specific commandments that have to do with what human flourishing is, like uh, don't take a baby's life. Um, it can be about all these things, but those things are not real Christianity, and you actually will lose those things if, if it's not about Jesus and his salvation. That's just kind of interesting to mm-hmm. think about today in light of all of our purpose statements, mission statements, values. Uh, ultimately, the church is about Jesus and his salvation, mm-hmm. incredibly relevant, incredibly thick. Uh, I think perhaps what we're going to do for the next couple of podcasts is look at why that's the case and what the implications of that are for Mm -hmm. many things. So I, my church background, uh, some of my earlier formative years grew up in the church. I think I came to faith in Christ high school, some of my kind of more intensely like real youthful years following Christ. Um, uh, I was at a church and in a church world where Jesus' name was like the mission statement of the church was essentially we're about Jesus, and we were always talking about Jesus. But what I grew to see was that um, there's kind of a, in my opinion, there's kind of question number two, which is that, okay, we are to be about nothing but Christ and him crucified. In 1 Corinthians uh, 15, Paul says, I'd remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preach to you, which is of first importance. Mm -hmm. It is of first importance. It is core. It is central. Um, 
Step two, though, uh, is, well, what do you mean that you're all about Jesus? Because in some of my church background, to be all about Jesus meant um, that I am to, uh, the core of my life is about sharing Jesus and the gospel with people who don't know him. Um, That's a great thing. Right. That's a great thing. But, But that's the second real question to go from, okay, Yes, we're all about Jesus. You know, the whole language of gospel centrality and Christ Christ centeredness um, really has been become in, incredibly popular, and and everyone says it to a certain degree. So dive into a little bit to well, what does that what does that mean when you say you want Redeemer to be all about Christ and Him crucified? Do you mean you want Redeemer to be about international mission trips where we're sharing Christ? Do you right. want what is it? Do having really good quiet times? to glorify Christ and him crucified. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I think I, I go back to this conversation that I had when I was in campus ministry that uh, uh, the team that I was a part of uh, was in the Boston area. And, um, and this discussion came up and it was uh, talking about what it means <laughs> to be about Jesus and his salvation and one person that was there uh, was saying, listen, I'm kind of getting tired of these conversations that we're having right now. It, 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 it seems like it's a distraction. Um, we just need to be reaching these college kids, these 300,000 college kids at Harvard and MIT and BU and BC. And uh, we need to be reaching them for Christ. We need to get on with the mission. And, uh, and, and we need to just love him. And I'll never forget this this <laughs> this person shall remain unnamed because even if I said it, uh, a lot of people will know, even though you don't know what I'm about to say. But this person said, "Oh, that's interesting. Can you do one fa- thing for me, though?" And the person, "Yeah, sure. Can you tell me who he is so that I might love him?" And I think that's what we're getting at right here, right? Where mm-hmm. you can be all about Jesus and not be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can be about Jesus as. Uh, the great example. Uh, so live a great example. You can be about Jesus being the great God-conscious spiritual person uh, who had a deep connection with God and and be nothing about real Christianity. You could be about Jesus and the revolutionary, the activist, uh, overthrowing, uh, which he didn't do, by the way, Roman authority. <laughs> Not the way we think. You could be Jesus about the social justice warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and be nothing about Christianity mm-hmm. and nothing about what Paul's talking about. What Paul is talking about is Jesus as Savior, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. Not example, not a uh, good person, not uh, spirit-filled uh, religious experience, um, not a revolutionary and an activist, uh, but Jesus as Savior, Mm -hmm. and that that dynamic of good news, who Jesus is and what he's done, and not good advice, gets kind of to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. So if we were here theologically, we'd say it's substitution. Ultimately, Christianity is about a substitute, a Savior, uh, it's that is the A through Z of the Christian life. It's not only how you enter the Christian life, it's the engine of the Christian life. It's what connects us to God, connects us to each other, and connects us to uh, a gospel mission 
wherever we are at. So I think that's incredibly important because you can have uh, ministry practices that functionally become what the church is about. There are a lot of Today, there's a lot of talk about spiritual disciplines, and so a church can be about spiritual disciplines. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's a big thing today. A church also today can be about social justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a big thing today. Uh, A church can be about uh, the old school pietism of having a quiet time and going on a mission Mm -hmm. trip and doing evangelism or, you know, 500-page discipleship manuals. Right. That's what a church could be about. Uh, So those are practical ministry things as well as values uh, and mission statements. But ultimately, um, what Paul talks about and what a church needs to be about is about Jesus and his salvation. And that needs to be, that needs to get clear to the mind and real to the heart. That needs to be thick. It is immediately relevant. It is the power of God. But if it's not to us, it's not because that mission statement or that reality has failed is because we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I'd remind you of the gospel, it's of first importance. So then what does he go into? That I delivered um, uh, to you what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day. So Paul is saying, I want to remind you of what? Salvation. Yeah. So I know for you and me, our hope for Redeemer you know, may God do this, may God do this here, is that people go, they're all about Jesus. They really are gospel-centered. And then if I said, well, okay, what does that mean? That they would say fundamental core, day in and day out, the heartbeat and the aim is that they, Redeemer is a place to receive the gospel, to receive grace, to receive salvation, to receive God in all of his greatness, to be dependent on him. Um, you, you know, one thing that that I feel like was popular, maybe at one point, maybe I'm just not paying attention, was kind of the whole concept of like, if you just come to church to like fill your head with doctrine and you're not out there on the mission field, you know, that's not what we're here to do. You know, we're here to be a church that's going out on mission. And that's wonderful. But also, that's also saying what we're about is not uh, ultimately first and foremost receiving that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead as Christians. What we're saying is, got it, we got it, we check that box, and now it's time to get to work doing something else, and that's fundamental. I know our hope is that by when we say we're gospel-centered, what we're saying is we are a place, we're a church that is from A to Z, looking to Jesus for salvation, looking to Jesus for grace, even as Christians, as Hebrews says, we are looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Isn't it interesting that it, that when Paul says that the he's not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation, and that salvation is incredibly comprehensive, mm-hmm. like it is an A through Z. Mm-hmm. So it, in theologically, it'd be called uh, justification, sanctification, glorification. Mm-hmm. So, And in another place, Paul talks about how the gospel is actually uh, an imperishable seed and that it's bearing fruit and it's moving. In other words, the gospel, what we're about, Jesus and his salvation— uh, is has its own agenda. It has its own divine power and divine life in it. And actually, it's 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 God's power and God's life is in the gospel. So it, this is not a uh, controlled substance. 
this is an uncontrollable divine power that has divine energies in it that has its own agenda and is on the move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's thick, and it's it's the power of God. Uh, it releases the personal active presence of Jesus and his salvation into the world, hearing about Jesus and his salvation. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a, that's thick. Uh, that's yeah. relevant. Uh, that's real Christianity. People could, you, you know, I can imagine the, the response, um, that, that I could even, even have to this day. Well, th- are you saying that, that like the church shouldn't tell people to read their Bible? Like you guys against mission trips, international mission trips, uh, are you, you guys don't believe in sanctification and growth? No. Um, what we're saying is we, uh, we know that those things only happen like what you just said because of the power of the gospel. Right. So if we actually believe that being on mission is valuable, if we actually believe that, uh, uh, loving one another in community is valuable, we would undercut that whole value, wh- wh- however you might say it. We would undercut it by making that the central thing. Yeah. If you make mission to the lost the core central thing, you, you end up losing mm-hmm. mission to the lost yep. because you, you put the gospel in the back burner. So what exactly are you bringing them? Are you bringing unbelievers mission to unbelievers? Like, is that the message for them, you know? Yeah. So we yeah. so believe in those things and so know their value. And we, that, that yeah, it's all the more reason to fix your eyes on Christ. We fix our eyes on Christ through faith for justification, for yeah. acceptance and forgiveness with God. And if we want to grow at all, if we want to see any fruit um, of loving God and loving people, well, we better keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And that's that's what Jesus as uh, as Savior applies to your what we're talking about here, sanctification, and it applies to everything that he he actually is your Savior in changing your life. So, even and he's your Savior in uh, actually it's his mission and he's doing something and we get to be a part of it. It's, it's a whole radical different way of seeing the world. It's almost like what we're saying is if you, what we're talking about is basically a way of seeing most church is done today. Oh, here's a way of believing. Uh, and here's a way of doing, um, what the Bible is actually saying, here's a way of seeing when you put on the lens, a pair of glasses of Jesus and his salvation, it's, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. When that happens in the way you think of good works through the lens of the gospel of the church, of good works actually being about Jesus and his salvation, that's radically different than just talking about good works, right? It's almost like, you know, it's like having a real animal in the wild and then having one that's been stuffed. One's living. Uh, you can talk about all these really, really good things, but they mean nothing but a stuffed animal apart from the gospel. In other words, it's, you could talk about it this way. Jesus talks about it this way, that there's you remaining in me uh, results in many living and good things. You start producing many good things. But if you, you try to produce these good things and make them the focal point, 
uh, and you're not remaining in me, they're useless. They're not Christianity. And uh, it's also you could use in terms of cause and effect. It's like the gospel is the cause that produces effects. Once you start making the effects the cause, you just killed everything. Yeah, everything. Um, you, you know, to, to even bring this uh, home to us, like we we partner with a local organization, CareNet, um, pro-life organization. We've got people that that uh, do meals with with um, some of their moms that even that even live with them. CareNet's got this amazing facility where people can live for a time and um anyways and we're we are i mean we're hardcore about that we are hardcore about the pro-life movement studies yes the whole deal um however what i know to be true is that if someone were to come to redeemer and visit for eight weeks and look at our website and then talk to you and me and they're and they're just like i'm just trying to get a big picture of what you guys are about if they were to come out and say the core of this church is is being about uh being pro-life and ending abortion that is uh, a righteous thing. It is a good thing. It is a noble thing. It is an honorable thing. Um, but as a church, if that is what is the center core foundation, that's not even distinctly Christian. Correct. As good as it is. Yep. It's not even distinctly Christian. And so you don't even have to be Christians to have an organization that's all about being pro-life. So, and the reason I'm using that is because that's near and dear to our hearts. So I'm trying to show that yeah. that we really mean this. We really yeah. do believe what we're saying here. That that even something we hold so dear, being pro-life is a fruit of uh, the gospel. It's a yeah. fruit of God uh, working in our hearts to value all people, even when you can't see them and they're really, really tiny in the darkness of a of a womb. Yeah, we value them. Um, but but we value that life as a fruit of of what Jesus has done in our own hearts. Um, and so again, I'm just saying that to say is a simple example. Like uh, it's a good thing, but it's not the first importance foundational thing. So you could supply a lot of good things too, right? You could supply Tons. a lot of like being a good person, and even uh, what's happening in the culture today. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Uh, cause of social justice. I mean, right. all of those fit into the right. same thing. All of it. Um, if one one person used to say it this way, if a if a, a Muslim person and a Jewish person uh, and a, a a skeptical moral person uh, can all agree on the moral good uh, and come to a church and walk away all agreeing about the moral good, uh, and that's it, uh, that wasn't a good thing that happened in church. Yeah, right. Right? Um, A church, Christianity, is about Jesus and Him crucified. It's about a Savior who accomplished a comprehensive salvation that's the power of God, comprehensively so, that releases the personal active presence of Jesus into the world. Uh, that's Christianity. That's uh, what changes the world. That's what Rome couldn't stop. That's what any culture in the kingdoms of this world cannot stop. Uh, and that's what changes and turns us into loving people. And that's what turns us into just people. And that's what turns us into valuing uh, infants and babies and valuing uh true biblical social justice, all that comes from Christianity. If it, if it doesn't, 
then it's not Christianity. It's not a church. It's, it could be good things, just good things, good common grace realities of, of echoes and scratching the surface and gathering scraps of God's good creation of the law that he's written on our hearts and that's been stamped into the very creation of what's good and beautiful and true uh, because God made this world and because that's the spiritual fabric of the universe. Um, but but play, I shouldn't say playing around, but handling the things that God has made is not what is distinctly Christian. What is distinctly Christian, what a church is about, is Jesus and his salvation. A savior, a substitute. So be at a church. I think you can agree with this statement I'm going to make. Be at a church uh, where uh, if you say, what are they about? Christ and him crucified. Christ and him crucified for me. Um, uh, Be at a church that you would say, what's of first importance here is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, uh, I always go to, or look at Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 12. We are running the race, and what are we doing? Like, where are we looking? Looking to Jesus. It's so simple and seems so obvious, and it's like the Sunday school answer, and yet sometimes it can be really hard to find. So that's like the first number one thing you have to say, I think, to someone looking for a church or asking questions is like just kind of, again, that gut language, that that, that um, on-the-ground language. What do they seem to be all about? What seems to captivate them? What seems to... Uh, consume their sermons um, and their thinking and their vision for their church, that answer needs to be the Bible's answer. I I decided to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. This is of first importance. Because really, uh, the whole time I've been thinking, the only other option is ultimately going to be you. And uh, you can't save yourself. Yeah. So you can either, the church can either be about the Savior or they can somehow be about like the fruits of the savior in you, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of bringing you into the center. Yeah. And uh, some strategy of self-salvation. That's good. It's just that we've turned it into a strategy of self-salvation. Some yeah. good thing. Yeah. Whether it's having, being a good parent, uh, some aspect of justice, those are all good things. It'll just, if it's the center and it's your savior, it will run you dry. Mm-hmm. It may take six months before you you wake up and you're like, what happened? And then someone's like, hey, you passed out because you ran into a brick wall, you know, yeah. or you passed out because you've been on this treadmill and uh, it ran out. You, you you passed out. You know what I mean? You were completely exhausted. Like it will happen. Yeah. It may take six months. It may take 20 years, but you'll feel it in the depth of your heart and soul. There's something off here. I, I feel empty. I feel dry. I feel worked to the bone, you know, and it's because... Somehow it's about you. Yeah. I mean, when I was a, a college student and then went into campus ministry, um, I mean, running hard, telling people about Jesus, discipling people in Jesus, uh, going around the world, talking to people that have never heard about Jesus, going into unreached areas for the first time in maybe, who knows, hundreds of years, um, but was completely exhausted. Wow. Uh, exhausted at the roots of my being, not the kind of exhaustion that, you know, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. It's just more work. So you're, you're going to be tired. No, it was this exhaustion that went down to the roots of my being because, uh, the church or the mission, uh, 
uh, was not really about Jesus and his salvation. Uh, it was about telling people about Jesus. It was about uh, learning to have a quiet time, and it was about uh, reaching the unreached for Jesus. But as far as um, what is real Christianity and what is the mission of the church and what is a church about or what is a ministry about, it it wasn't about uh, receiving and resting and relying and rejoicing uh, Jesus and his salvation. Uh, and it wasn't until... Uh, someone in seminary started talking about Jesus uh, and his salvation in a way in which I couldn't figure out what he was saying. He kept talking about the gospel all the time, uh, but that grammar of the gospel was so thick, I, I started seeing it reach those exhausted roots of my being unlike anything else. And I went up to them after class to the seminary professor, and I said, you keep talking about the gospel. Gospel, gospel, gospel. What are you talking about? Are you talking about evangelism? So we could say it like today. When you keep talking about Jesus, Jesus, as the church's vision or the church's mission or its purpose, what do you mean? You know, are you talking about evangelism, evangelism? Are you talking about doing a mission trip? Are you talking about having a quiet time? Are you talking about being a good person? Are you talking about saving the world? What are you talking about, right? And, uh, and that's, that's where he said, you know, some, Jeff, uh, the gospel is not what you do, and it's not your spiritual activity, and it's not your spiritual activism. The gospel is about what Jesus has done for you. And it's not just for the unbelieving skeptic or the person on the other side of the world that's never heard about him. It's for pastors, too. Jesus is Savior, saves pastors. Jesus is Savior, saves moms and ministry workers and social justice warriors, saves us all. And if he's not center, what are you left with? Yeah. All right. Uh, amen. I hope, this, I hope this is clear. I hope it's helpful. Uh, to our listeners, um, we're going to dive into a lot of a lot of stuff. This is core. This is central to everything. If this piece isn't here, then honestly, most everything we talk about is. I mean, it's it's in a sense secondary. You know, this has to be in place. So um, I'm excited to kind of explore all sorts of stuff. Like, how do you how do you kind of evaluate appropriately like a church's preaching or um, all, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, as we get into, again, how do you pick a church? How do you settle into a church? How do you thrive at a church? Um, what should you expect at being a member at a church? Um, when you realize that it's not all, uh, roses walking through a garden. Um, and then also like maybe you're thinking, I feel like I might need to leave this church, but I'm not sure if I should. Um, that's a, those are, that's a real, that especially is a very serious reality. Um, that a lot of Christians face. And um, so we're going to dive into it. Until then and until next time, we should... Are we taking a break next week? I can't remember if you just said... Spring break. I think you had mentioned we might be. Anyways, who cares? Uh, Except for all of our listeners. Um, We will will take some breaks here and there, but we will be pretty consistent every week, if not every other week, with these uh, podcasts. Peace. (laughs) 